because someone has to say it, and no one does it better than Inez Says. Hey, hello, and welcome to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. Thanks for climbing aboard today. You can find the podcast most anywhere you get your pods, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also find it on demand for free in the WDBO app and WDBO.com. I'm also on the radio every single weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580 in Orlando, outside of Orlando, Just tune us in right there. Stream us in the WDBO app. It has been a very, very difficult week in Uvalde, Texas, and really a difficult week for a stunned nation. Another mass school shooting earlier this week on Tuesday when 19 children and two teachers died as the result of that school shooting by that 18-year-old man by the name of Salvador Ramos. I think we all know by now, anytime this kind of thing happens, that the politicians are going to go into their ideological corners and nothing is going to get solved because it's all going to be focused on the gun control debate. We're past that now. This is a major problem that has to be solved by the individual communities, by people looking themselves in the mirror, and by leaders like Seminole County Sheriff Dennis Lima. The sheriff has been at the forefront of dealing with the opioid crisis here in Central Florida. He's also been at the forefront of the mental illness crisis. I chat with Sheriff Lima now on the Inez Says podcast. The town is stunned. The nation is stunned. What, what are your thoughts about that horrific shooting earlier this week, Sheriff? Well, thank you for having me on. But you got to start by just offering condolences to the families and friends and people who 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 were not physically injured at in the school. The emotional stress uh, and trauma. You know, as a parent, it is it is incredibly difficult to imagine, and there are no words to express. Um, you know, uh, the level of pain and agony. But but I think that this speaks to this narrative right now that we have to do more in this country when it comes to addressing uh, mental health conditions. Uh, there are so many people uh, out there that uh, some are diagnosed, many are undiagnosed. And, you know, I am incredibly frightful that the unintended consequence of COVID-19 uh, is a greater dependency and need uh, for mental health services. There's folks in crisis out there, and I think that these situations uh, speak to that. You and I have talked quite a bit, Sheriff, about the opioid crisis here in Central Florida and all over the country, and we will continue to do so. But, man, I mean, you mentioned mental illness. It's something that we used to address a lot better in this country than we do now. I know you in Seminole, you're taking steps toward this end. You're in the trenches every day. You you tell us how big of a problem is mental illness and how do we address it going forward? Well, Scott, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there was this deinstitutionalization across the country where mental health facilities were being uh, closed down. And family members and loved ones would try to care and treat uh, their family member to the best of their ability until something happened inside their home that made them incredibly frightful or, or you know, it evolved outside of what they could manage. So they gathered up whatever money that they could, they could scrape together, put them in some type of treatment facility, and many of these facilities are incredibly expensive. So 
when the money ran out and the family was still uncomfortable about bringing them back, it led to this disproportionate amount of mentally ill people who are homeless out on the streets and in and out of our correctional facilities. But to put it in perspective, uh, Florida's Baker Act law, which is involuntarily admissions for mental health conditions in Seminole County alone last year, a very affluent, uh, great quality of life, very low unemployment rate, rate, we had 3,500 or so uh, involuntary admissions under Florida's Baker Act law in Seminole County. Mm. And many of those folks are, are repeat patients of that process and that system. So, you know, we've been working with the governor's office. Uh, he's invested uh, resources. I think you and I have, have spoken that mm-hmm. here in Seminole County, I've, I've uh, partnered with our board of county commissioners and our mayors and city managers to take $9 million of the American Rescue Relief Fund and partner with our other stakeholders. And we're going we're gonna to be opening up a center here uh, that, that helps close the gap. 25% of our kids have seriously contemplated suicide in the last two years. And you, you think about it, an 18-year-old, and these two recent shooters were 18 years old. I would argue that if they had not been in school, they had not been socially interacting with other people, they probably had the cognitive social development of a 15 or 16 year old. And you can just think for a moment that maybe if they were going to school and maybe they were around people, somebody would have uh, noticed some bizarre behavior outside of the house. You know, this is exactly what we need because these these politicians, the national politicians, they're not going to solve this. You you know that, Sheriff. I mean, every time something like this happens, they go to their corners and nothing is addressed. So so we as a community, you there in Seminole County, you're doing things to raise awareness. And I think it starts by asking the question, what is the key issue? Here. Is it mental illness? Is it? I mean, when you and I grew up, it, it was different. We, we used to call them, and it, it, I'm sorry to say, we used to call them insane asylums, right? Because they, they were everywhere. Now yeah. you don't see the, the mental illness being addressed. But is it? Is it just that? Is it the Internet? Is it social media? Is it video games? Is it the lack of a family unit? Is it of the lack of spirituality? Those are the questions that have to be asked at a local level if we're ever going to solve this issue. Well, you, you know, the, the, the irony here is, you know, even with correctional environments, it has been determined that extended isolation uh, and, and confinement uh, has a negative uh, cognitive effect on one's mind, even for prisoners. I mean, you've seen the stories, but as, as a society, w- w- it scares the heck out of us. Things that we don't understand, we typically try to avoid, like you know, I, I say this a lot that if somebody's if we're leaving a, a dinner meeting and walking back to our car and somebody wraps a piece of carpet around them and is walking on the other side of the road, raising their voice, proclaiming that they're Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. we typically turn our heads the other way mm-hmm. because we don't want to make eye contact. Eye contact could potentially result in, in violence or disproportionate negative encounters. And, you know, you mentioned this this term insane asylum. That word was developed as an area and venue for protection and safe haven. Mm -hmm. But now I tell you that Halloween comes up. One of the major motion pictures out there is going to be uh, something that surrounds the mental health space. And I got to tell you, we got We have to do a better job with taking people who are suffering from substance use disorder and mental health. I, I give the comparison to what we do now with human trafficking victims. 30 years ago, when I started in this business, we called them prostitutes. 
And in many cases, we took them to jail, but there wasn't much thought about them being victims themselves. I think that we will evolve as a society and look at people with substance use disorder and mental health the same way that we, we recategorize human tracking, tra- trafficking victims now. Well, I'll tell you, great leaders like you are the ones who are going to solve this problem at the community level. And I know that school is out in Seminole County right now, Sheriff, uh, as of yesterday. I know some parents kept their kids home from school yesterday. But as you go into the summer here and plan ahead for August when school reopens, are you confident that schools there in Seminole are, are prepared and as secure as possible? Uh, I, I am actually very confident in that, Scott. You know, we've before the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Act, we partnered with our Board of County Commission and our school board and superintendent to ensure that we had a dedicated, professionally trained law enforcement officer on every single uh, public school campus well before there was any uh, state mandate. And we've only expanded those opportunities with multiple uh, deputies on each campus. And, and we have all of our charter schools in Seminole County uh, provided. And I think that more importantly, uh, than just having that uh, checked, uh, the people who are on these campuses, whether they're deputy sheriffs or police officers, are actually engaging with the kids, um, um, you know, participating in threat assessment uh, or organizations and, and evaluations. And but you know what, you can never be uh, over prepared when it comes to protecting our most vulnerable, and that's what we'll r- remain steadfast in doing. Right. After every one of these national events. We always uh, go back and what we call is a hot wash and kind of rethink and, and, and look at the details of these things to make sure that we're doing all that we can to protect not only our kids, but our faculty and staff and all that goes on within our schools. Much appreciation goes out to Seminole County Sheriff Dennis Lima for the conversation on the Inez Says podcast. Find me on the radio each and every weekday morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.